Hello, and welcome to the Pioneering Today podcast with me, Melissa K. Norris, where we preserve old-fashioned wisdom and skill sets for a modern world. This is episode number 106. Today's episode, I am sharing with you how to raise baby chicks, specifically those really important first six weeks, the exact steps that you need to have set up in order to ensure that you have healthy chicks that grow into productive chickens. And in today's episode, you may hear some baby chickens cheeping in the background because I'm actually taking you out to our brooder pen and brooder box and walking you through all of these steps. So you get to listen in here on the podcast or you can go to the show notes to actually watch the video. So you can watch the video of everything I'm talking about or just grab the written notes with different resource links as well. And that is available at melissaknorris.com. Click on the podcast button, and this is episode number one. And really, that first day, those first 24 hours that you bring your baby chicks home are going to be super critical to the health of those baby chicks. And then the tips that I'm going to give you today especially pertain to chicks that you are getting from a feed store, from a hatchery, from the mail order. They are not chicks that you have a mama hen that is hatching them out. Because let me tell you what, I've done it both ways. And when you've got a mama hen, a broody hen who hatches out her own chicks, she does a lot of the work for you. It's a lot less work, which is fabulous. But if you don't have an existing flock, then you're not going to be able to go that route. And so for our meat chickens, I don't keep meat chickens that we uh, root the rooster and meat chickens and that we can breed out. So I always order for our meat birds every spring, I order live chicks and actually our local feed store used to, we could go there and they would order and meet chickens and we could get and pick up the live baby chicks there. They're not doing that this year. So the only option available to me, and this may happen with you as well, is availability to order them through the mail. And so the awesome thing about how God designed baby chicks is when the hens are laying their eggs, they don't lay the eggs obviously for the entire brood all on the same day. So chicks, when they hatch out, have three days worth of food and nutrients in their system that they don't need to have any water and they don't need to have any food. So hatcheries have it very carefully timed out. As soon as you put your order in and those baby chicks are hatched, they are shipped out. So you have a three-day window that they can reach you. And so that is how we get our meat chickens and you can also get them via the mail. And that's why you can get live chicks through the mail because the mama, when the first ones hatch out, she is not jumping off of her eggs because that would then that would cause them to get cold and then they wouldn't hatch out. So it's God's and nature's design, which is how we can get live chicks through the mail. So I just wanted to kind of give that out there and give you a little bit of an understanding on why we can do that and how the chicks are still okay. That is how we get our chicks. Now, these are meat chickens. These are a Cornish cross that we're getting. We raise, we're self-sufficient with all of our meat. So I do have my regular laying hens for eggs. And then we raise our own meat chickens. And then we butcher those ourselves. And we also raise pork and beef cattle, but we do it with organic practices and natural. First thing that we need to have, my baby chicks are in our pump house. We're about 44 degrees right now. It's a rainy cold day here in the Pacific Northwest. So they have to, they are little baby chicks and we'll get into the heating, why they need heat, how long do they need to have heat, what temperature and all of that stuff here in just a moment. But mine are in the pump house. Take care for both laying hens and meat birds is gonna be the same when they are babies here. You're gonna need some type of box. You're gonna need a brooder box, something that you keep your chickens in. 
what you want to make sure when you get a brooder box is one that the size and this is just an actually like a, a rubber water tub that we use to water the cows and stuff with and I just washed it out beforehand and this works great you want to make sure that the sides are high you don't want shallow sides because within just a few days the chicks will start jumping and so you don't want them to jump out you need them to stay contained because if they jump out of here they can't jump back in and then they're not going to be under the heat lamp they can't access their water or their food so it's important that you've got high sides and if you don't have high sides, we've got here within a few days. Right now, the heat lamp needs to be down low enough. But when they start to grow and then we can raise that heat lamp up, or if it gets warmer out outside, we just have an old screen that right here that you can put over the top. And so that will keep them from jumping out because that's really important. Another consideration that you need to make with your brooder box is that it's best if it does not have corners. So an actual box is not really what you wanna go for. And the reason for that is because the chicks can get trapped in the corners and they can sometimes trample one another or they can suffocate. So if you've got a way, you can try and you know put something to put those corners off, but this is an oval shape. So there's no corners for them to get stuck in, especially when they're little itty bitty tiny babies, which is the goal that we want, okay? So we don't want them to get stuck in there. So with your brooder box up next, next step what we need to be talking about is the bedding. You need some type of bedding, preferably about two inches worth of bedding, and the bedding is actually important. What you wanna do is the very best, these are pine pellets. This is what the bedding we are using is, and, and pine pellets are the best. You can use wood shavings or pine shavings. Pine pellets are great, they help absorb odor. You don't want to use cedar because cedar can really harm the chick's respiratory system. Some people have used cedar and not had issues, but it, chickens have a, kind of a delicate respiratory system. It's really best if you are using some type of pine pellets or pine shavings. You can use other type of wood shavings, but not cedar. As we know, even in humans, cedar can have issues with our lungs and our breathing as well. The other bedding options, you don't want to use hay Hay, as soon as it gets moistures and chicken, they go poo-poo and pee. They actually, they don't urinate separately. Their urine comes out with their poop, which is why it's really high in nitrates. But they are messy. They, they poop in a lot. So you want to make sure that you've got a good amount of bedding and that you keep it clean as well. Hay, especially when they're this little, it can start to grow mold. And we don't want mold spores. So you don't want to use hay. That can have seeds in it and harbor other pests. So it's not generally the best thing. And newspaper can also get wet and kind of slippery and you don't want anything that's slippery especially when they're babies because it can cause a condition called sprawled leg because they can slip and they can hurt their legs and we don't want to damage their legs right really the best bet we always use pine pellets but you could use pine shavings as well not necessarily sawdust but shavings are good we use a heat lamp chicks baby chicks have to have heat they need to be kept at the first two weeks of life they need to be kept at about 95 degrees fahrenheit after that, you can slowly lower the temperature by five degrees a week until they're about six to eight weeks old. And that's really going to depend upon how hot where you are, how warm it is, where you are living. With the heat lamp, this is the heat lamp we use. And I've got it suspended on a really sturdy, this is a metal rod here with the clamp. And obviously it's plugged in. But to keep the chicks warm enough, because we're down in the 40s and high 30s at night, I have to have this down pretty low. But it has a guard on it. I've got a guard on it. So if this were to fall, it's got a metal guard that goes, it goes all the way around here. It's got metal guards. 
that's going to protect it too from breaking because as the chicks get bigger and they start to fly and flutter up and as they get bigger and it gets warmer out, we'll be raising this heat lamp up. But a guard is really important because it helps protect them. There's also heat plates. I have used a heat lamp with the guard on and making sure it's always very sturdy where we have got it attached. I've used the heat lamp for over five years and we've not had a problem. However, I only use the heat lamp with the baby chicks for about the first eight to 10 weeks, depending upon our weather of their life. So we don't keep a heat lamp in our regular chicken coop for the entire year. The heat lamp we only use when we have babies. But we do have to use a heat source or the babies will die. Cleaning the brooder is going to depend on how many baby chicks you've got, right? And how messy they get. So when it starts to look messy, like when I start to see a lot of poop and stuff coming on and it's looking messy and it's starting to smell, then we go ahead and make sure that it's clean and I'll clean it out. So usually, and like I said, it's going to depend on the size of your brooder and how many chicks you have in it. With this size, right now, they've been in here for almost 24 hours and it doesn't need to be clean at all. You can't hardly see anything. But you're going to just have to kind of go, like I said, by the size and how many chicks you've got in there. But at least weekly. And then as they get bigger, then they're going to be pooping more. So they stay in this little brooder here. My chicks stay in here for about two weeks. And then they get moved into a bigger pen that still has the heat lamp. But we've got a bigger enclosed coop area that I move them in. But when they're this little we keep them in this little brooder box. So they'll get moved out of here relatively quick. For the few weeks that they're in here, probably about every three days or so, and I don't dump all of it out. I just kind of pick up the top layer, scoop out the really messy part, and then add some fresh bedding down in there. Will you compost the shavings and the pellets then? Absolutely. Add them to a compost pile. And a lot of times I will just actually take them and dump them in the garden area, depending upon... Now, one thing you have to remember when you're using chicken poop for fertilizer, chicken is really, really high in nitrates and it will burn most plants. So it's best to let it set and cool off or start to compost for a while. Don't put it directly on your garden or you are really likely to burn your plants. A lot of times set it in a corner of the garden, but not like don't work it into the soil. Let it set for a while off in the corner or in a compost pile and then I will work it in. Great, great for your garden. The best breeds for layers that we have found, you can get dual purpose breeds, but We do the white Cornish cross. That's the meat bird we have done for four or five years here. And it's done. They do really well for us. They dress out to butchering size in about 10 weeks. And as long as you, with meat birds, you need to take their food away at night. I don't within the first 24 hours or so. I let them keep their full food and water for about the first, actually about the first 48 hours. Because when they come in the mail, they are a little bit stressed. And I want to make sure that they've got food and water all the time, those first 48 hours. After that, then I remove their food at night and they only have their food during the day because with the Cornish cross, they have been bred. So they're not GMO. They are just a hybrid breed and they have been bred because they eat and they grow really fast. They don't stop eating. And if they eat too much too fast, they will outgrow their legs and their organs. So if you remove the feed at night, always have water. So 24 hours of fresh, clean water, remove the feed at night, We have not had any problem as long as we're practicing that method with the meat birds. Some red rangers, people like red rangers, those are more a heritage breed of meat chickens, but we do the white Cornish cross. Next up on our list, and this is really important, the first 24 hours when you bring your baby chickies home, is you need to make sure that the first thing you do is introduce them to water. So don't put the food in yet. When you first bring them home, have your water, clean water set up, heat lamp on, your brooder box with the bedding is ready to go put the water in, and then you actually take the chicks so that they know that that's where the water is, 
and just dip their little baby beak in the water so that they know that that's their water. And then you can start to watch them drink. So usually after about two hours and that I've seen that the chicks are starting to drink, all of them are drinking, then I will put the food in. And you can kind of do the same thing. You can kind of tip their little heads towards the food so that they understand that that's where their food is. But the water is the most important thing, which is why we don't bring the food in first. We've got to make sure that they're drinking before we bring in the food. Now, especially if they're coming via the mail and not just you're picking them up at a feed store or you know locally where you're physically picking them up and they just have the short drive home. If they're coming in the mail, you definitely want to do the water. And a lot of times they will recommend adding chicken electrolytes to the water. Now, we have not done that. I've just done straight water. I haven't had to add the electrolytes and I've had pretty good success. But that is an option that you'll want that you would want to check out and that you could also do for the chicks. Should I stop giving my chicks vitamins water? You know, that's totally up to you. I would say as as soon as they're eating and as long as you're feeding them, you know, a good nutrient food with the correct protein count, then I would just let them get their vitamins from their food and not their water is how we operate here. But that's totally up to you. After they've gotten their water, as we said, in clean water, you want to make sure that you're cleaning that water and that they've always got good fresh water at least once a day when they're little. After that, our meat chickens usually go through. We've got a good flock that I'll be um, filling and dumping out that two of those um, for about 12 to 15 meat chickens, two things of those water. Um, I'll fill it in the morning and then in the evening time, I'll, at late afternoon, I'll come and dump it out if there's any left, clean it and then put fresh water in. So they go through quite a bit of water. Let's talk about food. Here we have got our food. I like to start, especially when they're little like this, with the crumbles. The crumble is not the pellet, so you can get the pellets, which looks a lot like the shavings here. If you get them at the feed store, a lot of them have already been eating and drinking, but still, when you're introducing them to a new brooder box in a new spot, I still want them to know that they that that's where their water is, and so I'll still dip their beak in the water just so, unless they run over to it right away, so that they know that that's where their water spot is. The food with Laying hens and meat chickens, they have different nutrients needs, and it really boils down to protein. But with laying hens, first part of their life, with laying hens, you want to make sure that their feed mix has 6 to 18 grams of protein percentage-wise, right? So then when we're talking meat chickens, they need a lot more protein because they're growing a lot faster. With the baby chicks, for the first three weeks of life, their crumbles need to be 23 grams of protein a day. And then after three weeks, then from three to six weeks, you can bop down to 20 grams. Now I will, the first couple 48 hours, I don't put any additional like fresh greens or anything like that in with their feed. The meat chickens or even laying hens as well. I don't introduce like the fresh greens or any type of that until I know that they are solidly eating about 48 hours or so on their regular food. And then you can go ahead and introduce something. But you want to make sure that they're getting that protein count for them to grow. And it's especially important when they're little. Now, with the this with store-bought food, the whole reason that we raise our own meat and our own chickens is so that I know that I'm not getting GMO, that there's not pesticides in there, that they're done naturally, and it's done organically. I don't want antibiotics. I don't want medication. You know, I don't want all of that stuff. That's why I'm raising it myself. So for us personally, I only purchase organic food for my chickens because going organic is the only way that I can guarantee that it's non-GMO and it doesn't have, you know, chemicals and pesticides. For the babies when they're little, I've got as an organic brand and it's the Chick Starter Grower. Okay, and so it's a crumble and it's got the protein count in there. 
for my laying hens, of course, I still do organic. Protein counts are really important, and then you can start to supplement in later. But these ones with the, the little crumble because it's so small, I haven't introduced grit yet. But when your chickens are like this, that they are in a brooder box, they are not outside on the ground where they have access to dirt or sand. Chickens need something called grit, and grit is actually just little small pebbles that they can pick up in, in the dirt when they're out in the nature or have access to the ground. But they use that in their gizzard to help them digest their food. So if you don't have them where they've got access to the outdoors yet, then you'll want to put a little container with some grit in there. So I'll be introducing some grit. Um, there's kind of a varying of opinions that when you're just doing crumbles, that it's already small and they don't really need the grit for digestion-wise. But if you start adding in, you know, mealworms and bugs and treats and scratch and regular food that they do. So within a few days, I'll add in a small container of grit for these guys kind of when I start introducing some of the other food, like I'll put some fresh greens and that type of thing in there, some fresh oregano from the herb garden and just different things like that for them. That's the time that you need to add grit in. One thing too, that you'll want to be keeping an eye on as they grow that's really important is, and this is in regards with the heat. We first brought them home last night. They came in the mail yesterday. To add in mealworms, dried mealworms, which I'm going to wait just a couple of days before I add that in. You can get some more crude protein, but I want to get them established on the regular food first before I start supplementing with anything else. And at that point, I'll add the um, grit in as well. So a couple of signs, like you are the number one thing with your baby chickens and their health. Like all of these tips, you need to have these in place, but there is nothing that's more important than you coming out and being present and checking on them multiple times a day, especially when they're little. So you want to make sure, like I said, sometimes the water it can spring a leak. And so you want to come out, make sure it's not leaking, that there's fresh water, you know, and that. And another thing with the water, it's really important to actually have a water and not just put like a bowl or a shallow pan of water in there because this, they can't really completely fall in there and drown. They do make smaller waters. But if you were to just put an open container of water in there, the chick could fall in there and drown. So we don't, it's better to use an actual waterer and not just put a bowl in when they're little itty bitty babies like this. Um, and another thing too, is you'll want to check the temperature because at night or on a colder day, it can be colder. And down here where they're at, it needs to be about 95 degrees Fahrenheit those first two weeks. So when we came out here yesterday evening, we put them in in the afternoon and we came out in the evening and the temperature was starting to drop. We had the heat lamp and that's how you change it with the heat lamp. The temperature is you, you will raise it up and the higher away the heat lamp is obviously the cooler it's going to get down here. So we had it higher up on a stand and all of the chicks were huddled in a ball underneath it, all of them together. And that is a sign that they are too cold. It should be like this. See, they're moving. They're moving all around They're Some of them are directly under it and then they'll go back and out and forth. And that's a sign. If they're all huddled together in a, in a tight ball underneath it, they are too cold and you need to get that heat lamp down lower to where they are. The second thing, too, though, if they get too hot, right, because when they're babies, they have a harder time controlling their temperature. If they're too hot, they will be panting and they will be at the farthest corner possible away from the heat lamp, right, because they're trying to escape the heat. And that would be a sign that you would need to move that up. And so then I would move it up or lower it and then come back in an hour and check it. Make sure you don't need to lower it again or, you know, higher it up if that temperature is good. So there's really... There's no substitute for you being present and checking on them at least twice a day, especially when you first get them home and you're, you know, kind of discovering where their happy spots are. 
and with the temperature. Now on the flip side, like today's really cold. It's only in the 40s here right now. But if we have a sunny day, because they are in our pump house and it gets warm in here, then on a sunny day, I would need to come out and I would need to adjust this heat lamp and bring it up if it was naturally warm and hot outside, right? Kind of keeping an eye on the weather and keeping that in mind what the natural temperature outside is and as that fluctuates with the heat lamp. And that's for the first six to eight weeks. After the first six to eight weeks when they get in their full feathers, then I will slowly acclimate them to being outside and we'll only turn the heat lamp on at night for a, the last couple of weeks, depending upon the weather. Our nights still get cold here. And then after 10 weeks, I, we don't use the heat lamp at all. They're totally outside and fine. Um, Tanya, can you mix chicks, ducks, and turkeys? Um, I personally have not raised ducks and turkeys, but I know other farmers that have, and they will put them in together. In fact, they've even put um, duck eggs underneath a broody mama hen with some chicks and hatch or hatch them out. Um, I've heard stories and people talking about that. So I personally haven't done it, but I know others that have. Um, and so that's an option too. My camera is not wanting to come and focus on those little chicky poos down there. They're just so cotton picking cute. Amy, someone suggested putting a smaller box with holes over them at night so they huddle together and conserve heat. Um, you could totally try that if you wanted to. Only, you know, if um, you just need to make sure that you were really diligent getting it off. And my one only concern with that is that they wouldn't have access to their water. Um, so that's not a, a thing that I have tried. You're more than welcome to try it. I just personally have not went that route m uh, myself. The heat lamp has really taken care of that for us. We usually get approximately 15. We did have one baby chick that did not make it that arrived. Um, and that's and with the male. You know, sometimes that happens. But I've even had it happen when I brought the chicks home from the feed store and we lost one the first night. Usually it's with the first night that we'll lose one. So I did lose one. So I've got 12 here. There you have it. Those are the my best starter tips and advice and exactly how we raise up our baby chickens when we get them on through adulthood, whether they're going to be coming part of our meat, if they are meat chickens, or if we are adding to our flock of laying hens. Today's episode is brought to you and sponsored by the Pioneering Today Academy. The Pioneering Today Academy is my academy where I walk you through everything that we do on our homestead from raising our own grass-fed beef, pork, and chickens to growing an all-heirloom garden, fruit trees, and bushes, and then to preserving it up with canning, rendering down your own lard, and making your own soap. I walk you through everything that we do on a year here in our homestead with video lessons and tutorials and download guides. So you literally come into my homestead, into my kitchen, in my barnyard, and I show you how we do everything. It is an amazing community, and you can find out more about the Pioneering Today Academy and joining a family of fellow self-sufficiency people at melissaknorris.com slash pioneeringtodayacademy. Today's verse of the week is probably a familiar one. And I don't know about you, but I have noticed with myself is a lot of times I will know a certain verse. I'll have a verse in mind or something that I want to go back and look up and read further in the Bible or study on. And I'll know that the verse is in the Old Testament or in the New Testament or pretty sure it's in one of these books. But on my memorization, like we're going back to Sunday school here for those of you who went to Sunday school when you had your memory verses. 
as an adult, now there's some key verses, of course, John 3, 16, that we've got most, a lot of us have memorized. But for a lot of the verses, I can remember the context or what it says, but actually having it memorized word by word with the chapter and the verse is an area that I'm lacking in a little bit. And so I am working on memorizing verses with the chapter and verse. And so this is the very first verse that I'm memorizing. It's part of a um, my Bible study that we're doing, but I, also because I've been memorizing it, working on that this week and just reflecting, picking a verse for the week to kind of reflect on and to really implement and chew over, so to speak. That's what this verse is. So I hope it will be applicable for you as well. And it is Psalm 51, chapter 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And this is a good verse for all areas of life. Because sometimes it can be really hard. We can get, we feel run down. We feel disconnected or we feel discouraged, right? So that renewing a right spirit within me and then also creating a clean heart because sometimes we get in that complainer's mode or we get stuck on something that's been wrong or someone who's done us wrong or a situation that we feel we've been treated unfairly in and we get kind of stuck in that and then it just starts to spread its fingers into other areas of our life. So this is a really important verse. I think it's a great verse core verse. All God's verses are great in the Bible, right? But this is one that I'm working on memorizing. And so I just felt it was very fitting to share with you guys this week. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Pioneering Today podcast. And remember, you can grab all of the show notes and the resources at melissaknorris.com podcast episode number 106.